Shot 14, of The Right Way to Do Wrong, an expose of successful criminals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leanne Howlett. The Right Way to Do Wrong, an expose of successful criminals by Harry Houdini. Shot 14. Famous Swindles. For years, it has been a constant wonder to me how barefaced swindling operations are carried on in almost open defiance of the laws of the land. There are a thousand and one get-rich-quick schemes that each find their victims. It is needless to say that they bring wealth only to the promoter. There are more ways of swindling than with loaded dice and gold bricks. Stock is sold in mining property where neither gold or silver ever existed, and the only metal about the proposition is the brazen cheek of the organizer of the company. Great promises of dividends are made, which are sometimes even paid out of the money received from the sale of the stock. Oil wells, gold mines, silver mines, and copper mines are exploited in this way to the great profit of the exploiter. A species of swindle that has been perpetrated times without number all over this country is the old gold-brick game. It does seem as though this had been exposed so frequently that the most ignorant countryman would know enough to keep away from any one who offers to sell an ingot or brick of pure gold at a sacrifice, but still there are pigeons to be plucked. The usual method is to meet a likely person and with great show of secrecy unfold the story of the poor Mexican miner who has a lump of pure gold valued at $5,000, which he will sell for $500 down. The pigeon comes fluttering, drawn by the tempting bait, meets the miner, sees the glittering brick, handles it, even tests it with acid, and finally is induced to put down his good money. With great show of secrecy and caution, the brick is handed over and the victim departs only to learn later that all is not gold that glitters, and that he is out his five hundred dollars. Much ingenuity is exercised in fixing up the brick so it will stand inspection. Sometimes even wedges of good gold are inserted in the cheap metal, and the operator saws or files into this wedge to take out gold for the victim to test. In these enlightened days, I do not need to tell you that all such stories, no matter how plausible, should be questioned and rejected at once. The green goods swindle is an elaborate game which begins with some very adroit correspondence, in which the writer claims to be in possession of some old and discarded steel plates used in printing United States money. And for that reason he is able to produce actual greenbacks which will pass anywhere. The letter usually begins something like this. Dear Sir, I am in possession of a good thing, and with your confidential and friendly cooperation I can make you independently rich and at the same time better my own condition. You will see that my goods are not what the law can class as real counterfeits, inasmuch as they are printed from genuine plates, and can easily be passed in your section of the country. The letter goes on to explain the necessity of a personal interview, offers to guarantee traveling expenses, and quotes prices usually as follows. $300 real money buys $3,000. $1,000 buys $30,000, etc. The pigeon is given a password and number with which he must sign all telegrams. Finally, not to go into too many details, the green goods operator and the victim meet with great secrecy. A package of real money is produced for inspection, 
the purchase money is paid over, and the package which has been deftly exchanged for another package containing worthless paper is given to the purchaser, who departs to learn his loss as soon as he opens his bundle. Of course, there is no redress possible. The whole game is a swindle. Never but once to the best of my knowledge have actual original plates been stolen from the government, and that was when Langdon W. Moore was able to use his influence with a gang of counterfeiters and secure the return of the 520 bond plate in the early 80s as described in Chapter 15 of his autobiography. Even if the plates were stolen, as the green goods man pretends, the bills printed from them by unauthorized persons would be counterfeit in the eyes of the law. Keep just as far away from any such scheme as you can. End of shot 14. Recording by Leanne Howlett.